Welcome to Local St. Charles. This podcast is done in conjunction with the Greater St. Charles County Chamber of Commerce and focuses on local businesses, their successes, their stories, and their challenges. The Local St. Charles podcast is produced by Changescape Web. Hello, everybody. This is Ken Tucker with Changescape Web. Welcome to the Local St. Charles podcast. Today, I am joined by Dave Reed or David Reed from Mathnasium of St. Peter's North. Welcome. Thank you, Ken. I appreciate that. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about yourself and what Mathnasium is and how you decided to get involved with it. Okay. As you said, I'm David Reed. I'm the owner and center director of Mathnasium of St. Peter's North. I spent about 20 years in the real estate management business and decided I was looking for a change. And there was a great experience. I was ready to run my own business. And one of the easiest ways to get into that is franchises. So I started looking around and I found this mathnasium opportunity and I knew right away that it was perfect for me. I've had people all my life say that I should be a teacher or educator of some sort. When I started looking into this, I thought this looked like an opportunity too good to be true Hmm. because That's the thing sometimes teachers don't like about their job is they're not always able to just teach. There's so much else that goes on with this. And I found out that Mathnasium has this wonderful method and is just helping kids all across the world and especially in the United States, but many other countries as well. I decided I wanted to be a part of it. I knew I was on the right path too when my oldest daughter took a look at it realized that these methods are much better than anything she learned as well and she decided she wanted to be a part of it as well and i thought wow if it's bridging generation gaps like that and it's really exciting Hmm. uh, people of all ages you know something i want to be a part of so i opened in 2017 yeah it's just been a wonderful five five and a half years it just doesn't even feel like work some days it's just a lot of fun wow so do you work with kids of all ages or yeah Primarily, we're working with second graders up to 12th graders. We will work with some students who are younger than that. We do work with some high schoolers. I've helped some adults. Sometimes we have found some adults who need to do better in math for like nursing degrees or military people who want to do better on their ASVAB. Our primary wheelhouse is middle schoolers and elementary schools basically ready for algebra. If they're ready for algebra, truly ready for algebra, then they're ready for everything that comes after that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. How do you guys uh, operate? Do you do like private tutoring or is it classroom or virtual or, or how, how, do, how does that all work? Yeah. And that's what really makes us unique is we're a little bit of all of that. We work in a group setting, but it's still one-on-one education. So when a student starts with us and it's a risk-free assessment too, I make a point of that to all parents that when we do the assessment, you're going to see all the results and we'll talk about the programs. You can decide if it's right for you or not. And if you enroll, then I know exactly what the student's strengths and weaknesses are. We have a custom design learning plan. So we're always focused on the skills that that student needs to work on. Like I said, we're in a group environment, but it's all one-on-one teaching. An instructor might be working with three or four students one at a time, not in a group at all. But that gives us an opportunity to really teach for understanding to that student. We're able to have discussions. They don't just have time for a question and a follow-up question. We're able to have discussions about math because sometimes students don't even know where to start, what questions to ask. So we're just able to talk about that and we're able to talk about 
problems that they got correct because then we can say hey is that answer right how do you know that answer is right we're basically pulling it out of them that they're teaching the method back to us and that's when we know that they have understand it have understood what we're working on and that they're mastering the concept yeah okay for me i always saw fortunately i always saw math as patterns i think part of it is you've just got to give people some fundamental tools on how to even approach the curriculum and understanding how to work on solving some of the problems. So Yeah. And I love that you said that because it's not a big focus, but we have skills where we're working on patterns. And I tell students that patterns is one of the more beautiful things of math. A, it can help your math be easier. You know, look for patterns, look for answers in that. But also there's math everywhere we are. One of the things that makes music beautiful is uh, the patterns that evolve arts, nature, yeah. you know, when, when there's patterns of apparent to us, that's what beauty is a lot of times. Yeah. From a graphic design perspective, when you're creating a presentation, the rule of thirds has a big impact on how we view the aesthetics of any particular visual piece of composition. So, yeah. And that's all pattern based. And again, I love that you say that because students don't get how all encompassing math is. It's huge in art, it's huge in music. And sometimes yeah. we have students who come in and they say that's really their interest. And I get excited. I'm like, okay, great. Let me show you how math is going to help with that interest that you yeah. have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. My business, we, we do digital marketing and we tend to work with a lot of home remodeling contractors. They absolutely have to deal with math. When they're doing an estimate, if they're going to do an interior paint job on a room or a series of rooms, they have to calculate the square footage that goes into the cost of the supplies and materials and you know, the man hour calculations and all that kind of stuff. So whether you like it or not, you can't escape math. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. At a chamber event, I was talking to a roofing contractor and he said in school, he struggled with math. And now while he's up on the roof, he can do mental math for all those calculations. And he said, it's a piece of cake. And I said, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, and see, that's another way that we help is we're trying to show these practical applications for math. Teacher who's outnumbered 25 to 1, he or she doesn't have time for each individual question and all that. But we do. And when students want to ask, why is this important? Or how does this work? We have the time for that. And we're never critical of teachers, school districts, curriculums, any of that. It's just we're here to supplement that. And we're here to really just spend more time diving deep and helping the understanding than they, quite frankly, have the time to do. Interesting. How do you interface or interact with the primary teacher or teachers? So a lot of that depends on the parents, if they want us to or not. Okay. It also depends on the teacher, to what extent they want to respond. And to be honest, in all fairness to them, I'm a business. So the first email I might send to them might wind up in spam or junk. So it might be difficult for us to yeah. reach out. But if the parent says it's okay, I'll send the teacher the assessment charts that we've done and the learning plan. And I'll say, hey, this is what we found and this is what we're working on. If there's things that you're seeing that you'd like us to work on, let me know. We'll, we'll try to work that in. If we have a, a student who's in Algebra two and they're struggling with their concept, but I know they're struggling with fractions, then I might need to really work on that first because you just can't do much in algebra or geometry or algebra two without really understanding fractions. Yeah. But wherever I can be working behind the scenes to help out that teacher and that student, that's exactly what we wanna be doing. Yeah, okay, cool. So how did Mathnasium get started? 
Larry Martinak was a math teacher in Los Angeles, and he realized the curriculum was letting down a lot of students. And again, that's not a criticism. It's just that students learn math at different paces. They learn it in different ways. And there's just isn't one size fits all for math. And Larry was an amazing teacher. One of those where at the beginning of the year, if you hated math and if you didn't get math by the end of the year, you understood it, you loved it, all of that. But he started working with young students and developing material that would become Mathnasium. The thing that we give him the most credit for is he was humble enough to listen to these students and find out where are you having difficulties? What are some common struggles that young students have that if we get them started right, they're really on the path for success? So he actually started working on these materials with his own son, Nick. And Nick was a math prodigy, but uh, he still taught Larry a lot about teaching math to kids. Fast forward a few years, Nick's in high school and he says, Dad, we got to figure out some way to make this bigger and more scalable and do seminars or something because all of my friends, they don't know how to do math. Mm. And so Larry's very driven. I mean, if you can imagine your own kids saying, we've got the secret recipe here. How do we get this out there? Tragically, Nick was killed in an accident. So Larry's still really motivated, but he knows how to do the math part. And then he meets uh, David and Peter, the other two founders who know how to do the educational franchise model. So in October of 2002, they opened their first Mathnasium location. We're just now turning 20. In the uh, climate out there, we're still one of the newest ones out there, but we're growing like crazy because the parents and the students are loving the results. Yeah. Cool. This will be the nerd coming out in me, but one of my biggest regrets from my college days is uh, I didn't finish my math minor. Mm-hmm. I stopped short of Calc 3 and, and Trig, so uh, not uh, Trig, uh, Differential Calculus. So. Yeah. And so you're one of those people who understands the joy of math, and we want to help give that to all the kids. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned before, we don't believe anyone hates math. There are a lot of people who are not loving math, and we want to help them with that. We want them to understand that math is that subject where when you find the answer, a lot of times your response is, yes, you're really excited about that. I've got a history background, too, well, history minor and all that. And you just don't get the same excitement when you're looking up a date. You know, 1776, yeah, I found it. No, it's yeah. more fun to solve a problem where the answer is 1776. <laughs> yeah. One of the challenges, and I don't know if you get into this because this is a little bit more advanced, but if you're in algebra in high school, I think you do get into this. And that's proofs and solving proofs. I think that's a real challenge for a lot of people. I mean, do you guys help provide tools and constructs to tackle those challenges? Well, absolutely do. And see, that's that's a big part of what math really is. It's the problem-solving aspect. When we talk about math, a lot of people think that math is computation. But computation is a tool to help us solve problems. And I tell parents and students that you may or may not go into a STEM field. Uh, like you mentioned before, design, art or music, there's right. a lot of math in that too. You may not go in one where you know you're going to need math, but for the rest of your life, you're going to have to do problem solving. And that's what this is about. And geometry is sometimes a little bit of an outlier for students because for the first time, you're having to defend the process. You're going away from that whole setting of the teacher saying, you do this, then this, then this. And now you're having to figure out how and why is this move legit? Why are we allowed to do this? Right. And for that reason, some people love geometry when they don't like the rest of math. And the opposite occurs too. Interesting. 
How do you select uh, math instructors? We need people who are good. Well, they need to be good math people. I'm not necessarily looking for the best math person I can find if they can't relate well to people. I tell all the instructors, and it, it's not true, but I tell them, just assume everybody walking in here is coming from a background of not liking math. Let's help them enjoy it. If they already enjoy it, wow, our job just got a lot easier. Right. But they need to be fun people. They need to understand the fun in math and help convey that. Sometimes we need to be corny. Dad jokes go a long ways in here because we want to make it fun. Going back to the instructors, we background check them. They've got to be, like I said, good people, good instructors, willing to learn and acknowledge different ways to do these problems than what they were taught. Because we always want to teach in a way that makes sense to the student. And that might mean changing gears. That might mean saying, oh, okay, you don't understand what I'm saying. That's on me. Let me show you a different way because I know you can get this. I kind of touched on the fun aspect of that. We want that out of our instructors. And fun is a big part of Mathnasium, and we try to instill that every day one way or the other, whether yeah. it's directly related to math or indirectly related. I mentioned that Mathnasium turned 20, so I threw a birthday party on Monday. Okay. It's also my youngest daughter's birthday, so I was kind of saying happy to birthday to her while she's in college as well. Yeah. But we brought in cupcakes. I've got some birthday decor up and we celebrated Mathnasium's 20th birthday just to show them that this is a fun environment and we're here to have fun and learn math. How did you make the transition from being in real estate to doing this? <laughs> well, I always loved math. Again, it's still running a business. So you still have yeah. a lot of that. It's still training people. One of my the favorite parts of my job before was training people. There's a lot of that. The instructors, although they come from a good math background and understanding, we still put them through a training process. We make sure that, again, they're upholding all of the mathnasium policies and standards. Again, teaching math and being versatile to make sure that we're putting the student first. So a lot of that stuff was really pretty easy. I like kids. I like this environment a lot. Sometimes it doesn't feel like a job. It feels almost like I'm just giving back to the community. And in the early years when new businesses kind of struggle, and that's mostly what it was doing is giving back to the community. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. Do you guys do any, any gamification? I've taught classes at the community college level before, and mm -hmm. I've dabbled in creating some online courses and things like that. And I've certainly taken a lot of online courses. Mm -hmm. The whole gamification process to provide incentives and reward and whatnot can be a big driver. Do you guys do anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of games in the center. We, if the session works out, the students are usually here for about an hour. High schoolers can come for an hour and a half because during the school year, because their homework is a little more intensive. But we try to set aside time for them to do games. We have games of skill, games of math, patterns, some of the usual ones, chess, connect four, whatnot. We're really on a big Rubik's Cube kick right now. There's a lot of students who say, I can't do this. And a lot of times I'll point out, you're exactly the kind of person that can do this. Not only that, but we reward them for all the work they do. They earn stars, punch cards that they can redeem for different prizes, maybe a, a quick snack for the day or save them up for squishmallows are huge right now or gift cards to various places. So yeah, we always want to make it fun and very rewarding for them. Again, some students who are coming in 
aren't necessarily having fun with math yet, and we want to help them with that. We'll let them have fun on the side until the math part becomes the main driver and the main entertainment for them. Yeah. So how would somebody get started working with you guys? We're in St. Charles County. There's another one. There's actually several around the area. The start process varies a little bit, but once you're enrolled, then it's Mathnesium and any student who might move from state to state, they would they would definitely recognize it and, and enjoy that. Parents can contact me. The easiest way is the phone number. We're area code 636-812-MATH. M-A-T-H. But there's a couple of different ways we could start. One of them is a free trial and the other one's a risk-free assessment. And again, with both of those, there's no, there's no commitments, no dollars exchanged for my center because the beauty of the free trial is the students can get in and see what the environment is like and see how our instructors are and how we're different from the classroom setting that they've always experienced. Yeah. You know, the students who might be a little bit more apprehensive, that's a great way to start. The problem with it is once they walk in, I don't really know what their strengths and weaknesses are yet. So working with them is a little bit of a shot in the dark sometimes until we get a few minutes in there. Whereas if, if they start off with the risk-free assessment, the fun aspect is difficult. Although the last three students that have done the assessment went back and told their mom, that was a lot of fun. I want to get started. With that process, we talk, we do a verbal assessment, but, and then I give them an assessment that's should be one of the more difficult ones they've ever taken. So I kind of tease to the, or kind of joke to the parents and students that I talk about how fun we make this place and how I want you to have a good time here. And oh, by the way, here's a very difficult assessment. Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) But I also tell them there's no stress involved with this. This is not a test from your math class where the teacher just talked about the things and hopes you know it and you hope you know it. You know, I don't know on these assessment if these skills were taught in a way that makes sense to the student. So I just tell them there's no pressure. Everything you know how to do, knock it out of the park. Do a great job on it. If you're great at long division, make sure you get these right because you don't want to work on long division later. That's not a good use of your time. But everything that's a struggle, it's okay. Skip it. If you don't know how to do it or you forgot, it's okay, skip it. There's a lot of difficulties out there right now. COVID didn't do anybody favors in any way, especially students, especially math students, because there was just time missed in the classroom and a lot of uncertainty and there were skills that were missed. If that happens, it becomes a snowball effect and a little deal becomes a big deal later. Yeah. Do you give out homework? Because I know that's always one of the big things that people didn't like about math. Yeah. Fortunately for me, I don't know how, I was always able to get my homework done in, in class. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> and but it's, I, for me, I, I, math was always pretty easy. But I know for so many people, it's absolutely not the case. Yeah. And so imagine if you're struggling with math and then it's given to you to take home the struggling just continues. So we help with homework that they might be given from the schools. And I tell parents, even if they have it done, bring it in because the teacher, again, they have limited amount of time. So they might grade it and say, hey, you did great or you missed number five, correct that or whatever. In some cases, they don't have time to grade everything. It's just you turn it in and that's that's good. But If a student is struggling with it, who's going to help them? Or even if they did it right, who's going to help reinforce that learning that they have? Who's going to let them explain what they did? So we'll do that. But we do not give out homework because 
If we send something home, there's no one there to help them. There's no one there to answer their questions. And we always, that's a big, big part of what we do. We don't set sheets down and say, hey, good luck with this. I'll check with you later. It's we instruct. We let them know how to do this topic. We let them work. You need to be able to learn and discover and make some mistakes along the way. They raise their hand. We're right there. If they're not raising their hand, we're still back there checking with them. I kind of love it when they say they don't have questions because then... That opens the door for me to ask questions. And those might be, what are you doing? Why are you doing it that way? How does that work? Things like that. And I know they sound kind of negative at first, but they're not. I do it with a smile uh, because I want them to understand what are they doing? Why are they doing it? Why does this work? Cool. Well, we're coming up on our time. This has been fascinating. I'm glad to hear that uh, you've got a passion for math. I think it's a really important skill. Like we talked about, I think everybody has to deal with it in whatever job or career you're doing, whether you're determining how much change to give back to somebody working on a cash register, or if you're in the trades, you're going to have to calculate the square footage or things like that. Or like we talked about art also and music, maybe they're not obvious, but they do have ties directly into math. So Dave, thanks so much for your time. Any any last thoughts that you want to share? Well, I just want to thank you for letting me come on and talk about it. You're right. It's very exciting for me. I'm very enthusiastic about this. And what I just love is when that's coming out in the students too. Quite often I have parents who say, I can't believe it, but they're really enjoying this. They've always hated math. It's always been a struggle. And I don't know what you guys are doing, but I'm loving it. Everybody's different. I can't promise that, but I just smile and say, yeah, we hear that a lot. Awesome. Thanks so much. I enjoyed talking with you. Yeah, I, I very much enjoyed this. Thank you. Thank you. We want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen to today's podcast. Please be sure and subscribe to the Local St. Charles podcast in your podcast software. We'd love for you to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And please don't forget to visit localstcharles.com for more episodes, information on local businesses, free resources, and a link to set up a free consultation with the host of this podcast. Thanks again and stay tuned.